Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. And we are looking at what the Fed might do in the coming quarters. And so far, investors have tuned into the second day of Fetcher Jerome Powell's semi annual monetary policy testimony. And this was in Congress, where he pretty much said the same thing as the first day that he has not made any decision on the size of a potential interest rate hike later this month when the FOMC meets. So, among the comments that came through, he is saying he'll be guided by incoming data and the evolving outlook. And he is also mindful of how the jobs market is still quite resilient. So all that seems to suggest that we could be in for a larger than expected rate hike. Uh, right now, 75% of traders based on CME Group's FedWatch tool is looking at a 50 basis point increase. Let's unpack it with Shane Oliver. He is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital. Morning, Shane. How are you doing today? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? Shane, you've been around the block for quite some time, so you've pretty much seen a few decades of how inflation has played out. Let's start first with what Fetcher John Powell said. So he is looking at inflation becoming an issue that might stick around longer. And right now, it seems like expectations are going up for a 50 basis point rate hike. Where are you sitting right now when it comes to the FMC meeting expectations? Well, economic data has been um, hotter lately than it was a couple of months ago. Uh, and that does argue the case for a bit more. So most likely scenario is we're going to get three more. One more hike next uh, two weeks time, 0.25%. Um, it's possible to go to 0.5, but I, I think they'll probably stick to 0.25, another one after that, and then another one after that, which will take the Fed funds rate range to 525 to 5.5%, so which is just 0.25% above the current dot plot of Fed officials' expectations. Yeah, Shane, let's talk about what's been playing out in terms of inflation in the past few decades. We actually have seen this play out many times. History repeats itself. And in some sense, we saw high inflation in the 1970s, 80s and 90s as well. So when you look back at history, what can you take away from those moments that can kind of inform us about what we should be doing to address the current issues today? So let's start with the 1970s. How bad was it first for those of us who perhaps don't remember or were not around? Well, it, it was a very rough time. And of course, memory is dim as the years go by and some people weren't even around then, so they can't remember it. But um, the history books uh, indicate it was a poor period. Inflation in the 1960s in major countries like the US was sort of pretty low, 2 3%. By the, through the mid-60s, it gradually started to rise. The central bank was slow to respond at the time. Uh, of course, there was a lot of factors pushing it up. Uh, the war in Vietnam was ramping up and they were financing part of that by printing money, so we had easy monetary policy. We also had very tight labour markets, very low unemployment, and of course, uh, more in interventionist governments, which were making economies less efficient. Um, but it really got a hand out of hand through the 1970s, and at points there, we were seeing double-digit inflation. And of course, as time went by, um, that meant higher and higher unemployment, um, more volatile economic cycles, and slower economic growth. Uh, so it ultimately led to a, a serious malaise, and people voted out the governments of the day and, and voted in people like uh, Ronald Reagan in the US, Margaret Thatcher in the UK, and in Australia we had a round of that with a Prime Minister called Paul Keating. And, and they implemented a, a bunch of reform to get inflation down. They also made central banks independent, focused on targeting low inflation. 
But it, it took a long time to get there, and initially they didn't realise how bad the problem was. But of course, once they realised how bad it was, it had become entrenched. Everyone expected inflation to be 10, 15%, and so they demanded wage rises every year of 10 to 15%, uh, and they didn't push back when companies put up prices. Uh, so it, it, the key lesson from that period is to make sure that you don't let inflation expectations get out of hand. That's why the Fed is, has been so aggressive and so, I guess, focused on, on trying to dampen down expectations, you know, trying to convince people this isn't going to last forever. Yeah, double-digit inflation does sound quite scary when compared to what we are seeing right now. In terms of similarities, what can we draw from that scenario you just talked about in terms of what we are seeing today? Because... In some sense, we don't have the exact same factors playing out, but at the same time, there are some uh, traits that seem to be uh, re-emerging as well. Well, well, some of them are. Uh, Obviously, the pick-up in inflation, it was initially, I mean, part of it was commodity-related. We had the OPEC oil price shocks of 1973 and then again in 1979 where oil production or supply globally was curtailed particularly going to the US there was a bit of an embargo on the US at that point in time and then central banks didn't respond appropriately to that uh, and then of course we at various points in time we had wages breakouts you know, workers demanded higher wages in, in compensation for the high inflation and that of course just meant that uh, we, we were chasing our tail you get a wage rise of 8% to compensate for 8% inflation Companies' uh, costs go up by 8% uh, and then prices go up again by 8% and then workers want another round of wage increases. So I think a, a key lesson in all of this is to try and nip it in the bud fairly early. And in the great scheme of things, it's still fairly early. It's only been a problem for 18 months or so, not uh, 10 to 15 years like it was in the 60s into, mm. the, into the early 80s. And also make, in, make sure inflation expectations don't, don't move a lot higher. So that's what central banks are trying to do. I know a lot of people say, well, it was all caused by the war in Ukraine or the pandemic, those sorts of things. But we have also had a very strong level of demand globally. And central banks are trying to slow that down as well. Um, and that was also an issue in the late 70s, late 60s, early 70s. So th- there are parallels there. But the good news is that perhaps commodity prices aren't as aren't going up as much as they were back then and wages growth isn't quite as strong. We don't seem to have evidence of a wages breakout that we had back then and inflation expectations where countries measure it tends to be still fairly low for the longer term that people aren't assuming inflation is going to last forever. So that, that means it should be easier for central banks to get inflation back down than it was uh, at the end of the 1970s or going into the 1980s. Yeah, Richard and Shane Oliver, he is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Now, Shane, you brought up a few points. One of them is don't let inflation expectations get out of hand. And I'm just wondering, when I look at some of the headlines come out these days about how policymakers are handling the current issue of inflation, you get a lot of criticism, especially after Fed Chair Jerome Powell last year talked about how inflation would be transitory. So when it comes to risks of policymakers making any mistakes, how high is it right now? Do you see any problems? Well, I do, and they've lost a little bit of credibility because last year they were too slow in recognising the inflation problem at the time. They thought it was transitory all due to uh, reopening associated from the easing of the pandemic. And uh, and then the, the Ukraine war in Australia, we blame some bad weather, causing floods and damage from food prices and food supplies. But uh, so therefore, they arguably they moved a bit slower than they should have um, initially, but that's only a matter of months. It's not. It wasn't years that they waited. Whereas you could argue in the seventies, central banks were way too easy for, for year after year. That it was, mm. it was a multi. It was a long, much longer problem. Now, of course, there's another problem that I mean, central banks often refer to this. There's two risks they face. One is 
not tightening enough and therefore uh, not getting inflation under control. Uh, and then they say, well, if that's the case and we don't tighten enough now, then we might have a bigger problem down the track. We might end up with much higher unemployment and, and have to inflict much greater pain to ever get inflation down. So that's one risk, not doing enough initially. The other risk is doing too much. And there, of course, it varies from country to country. There's some countries like Australia. Uh, home, home loans in Australia are all variable rate. So when the Reserve Bank raises the interest rate a month or two later, you know, the interest rate on your mortgage also goes up. So you move up with the Reserve Bank. Uh, whereas in the US, a lot of people are on 30-year fixed mortgages and uh, they're not seeing rises in interest rates unless they sell their property and take out a new mortgage. So you've got some countries like Australia, New Zealand, uh, Canada and UK that, that have greater sensitivity because of greater reliance on short-term interest rates to, uh, to price mortgages. And there the risk is that they end up tightening too much and we go into recession. And uh, that, I think, is in some countries, including Australia, is perhaps a greater risk than it is or becoming a greater risk than it is in the US. Well, only time will tell and we'll see how this plays out. We've been chatting with Shane Oliver. He is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Shane, thanks so much for your time this morning. My pleasure, Ryan. Great to be here. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.